Thanks for tuning in to your 9am. Here's the deal. Many of the uncomfortable situations that people go through at work are dealt with behind closed doors or never addressed at all. We think this is a problem primarily because we can't fix what we don't know. Adam and I don't have all the answers, but on this podcast, we share and discuss anonymous stories from every angle to help you deal with them when they come up where you work. Today, we're joined by Chris Donlin, who works in finance. So here's today's story. I was quite happy at my job with my boss and coworkers until we hired a particularly difficult staff assistant. She was brought on as a temporary employee contracted to be with us for one year. After spending an entire year dealing with her difficult personality, her contract was almost up and my boss was trying to make the decision whether he should fire her or renew her contract. He constantly asked for my opinion and it seemed he strongly felt he should renew the contract regardless of all the problems she had caused in the previous year. When my boss asked me what he should do, I told him that if he was going to extend this coworker's contract for any amount of time, I would be seeking employment elsewhere as I could not bear another few months with this problematic coworker. I felt that my boss was prioritizing his own feelings over that of the rest of my team. He didn't want to feel guilty for letting her go, regardless of her problematic behavior, and was going to force the rest of the team to suffer with this coworker in order to avoid feeling badly for doing his managerial job. So, Chris, Anna, any first impressions here? I just don't think people want to be backed into a corner like that. Like ultimatums rarely work. Um, mm-hmm. They don't work in personal relationships. Um, I don't know why they would work in a professional relationship either. Cause you're asking this person, mm. it's not me or them. You're really asking them like, it's, it's, uh, it's my judgment uh, or your judgment as the boss. And. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. I was kind of trying to think about like what kind of personality issues right. would necessitate this kind of conversation Uh, yeah i don't know what are your thoughts on that i think oh that's fantastic i know that's a really good question yeah i feel like for me you know if it's like a i i would say toxic uh type of personality uh but that's also super vague so you know i think people that are undermining other people or maybe um you know not being a good teammate uh that's really vague (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, just being kind of rude in the office or. um... But what does that mean? Like, what does rude mean? Rude meaning like, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's a tough one. Yeah, I know. It's really hard. Yeah, yeah. But it's hard to think of a personality issue that could persist for as long as a year. Yep. And it not be significant enough to have terminated the contract early or yeah sure because and I think we all have worked with people where I don't you know I don't I'm not best friends with every single person that I I share an office with yeah and there are some people that I you know gravitate towards more than others but um I can't I can't think of anybody who I work with that I would you know want to have fired because they have like a so-called personality like a difficult personality yeah I mean I you know just to kind of bring this full circle um I could easily see this being some sort of scenario where you know, someone is different, either culturally right. or, you know, uh, it could be anything, but, and, you know, you just don't want to be around this person or you don't understand them or they're just, they they have different sort of values and beliefs in you. Uh, you know, you could, 
we can talk about religion, you know, whatever you want. Yeah, and that could be yeah. something that could make that person a difficult, you know, I'm using air quotes, personality uh, to another person in the office. But in reality, it's all it's sort so of perspective. Subjective. It's yeah. all subjective. To Chris's point, like yeah. you know, we said, we, I think when you ask the question of like, what does a pers- difficult personality mean? Adam and I used like the most vague terms yeah. possible. Rude. Yeah, rude, <laughs> hard to work with. Not yeah. a team player. They're, they're still in yogurt out of the fridge. Yeah, yeah, that's rude. Yeah, I mean, someone that's just direct. <laughs> they don't do their dishes. Right, yeah, and I think, especially on the West Coast, um, you know, Adam's from the East Coast, uh, Chris, you're from Florida, I'm from the Pacific Northwest. Like, we all have different ways of interacting with each other. And uh, Adam is super direct. I'm a little bit more, you know, like, passive, I guess is the, the way to put it. Like those can come across differently as well. You know, like if Adam's yeah. coming at me, like saying exactly what he thinks, I'm, I might be on my heels a little bit and be like, yeah. wow, like he's really rude. Yeah. And my other problem is I'm very sarcastic. So right. when you combine the two of those, it doesn't work. Right. So um, yeah, so to your point, like the, I think going back to the very beginning of our conversation, like the boss is asking this person for their opinion about the contractor and then it seems like they're not taking that opinion or they're not communicating how they're taking that opinion into account. Cause the person who wrote the story is basically saying like, I keep telling them that it's not working for me and potentially for the rest of the team, but it doesn't seem to matter to the boss. And so I think that like, if you're asking for somebody's opinion, you either need to be clear about like, I, this will be one input for me to take into account. Like it's not, this is not how I'm going to base my decision. Uh, but I do want information from you. Um, or, you know, however you're, however you are making that decision and like, however you are taking in that opinion, you need to like, you need to feed that back to the person. Otherwise you're going to get in the situation where it isn't clear. And they're like, well, you keep asking me and yet you're disregarding it. Hmm. So I think there's, there's like a little bit of, um, it's, it just sounds like, uh, a little bit of miscommunication on both sides in terms of like what, you know, what the point is of sharing the opinion at all. Yeah, I do think that there is a risk, like the manager obviously has a responsibility to if they're going to ask for input and they're not going to go with what the employee um, recommends or along with their way, they should at least be able to provide reasoning or like, this is why I want to keep this person or this is why I'm not ready to make that decision yet. They should mm-hmm. kind of lay out a little bit of like what their thinking is. Um yeah. Kind of like what Anna was saying. Yeah, exactly. Or in a, yeah, exactly. yeah. What I thought yeah, was interesting it's... too is the, the person who wrote the story was talking about how they perceive the manager not wanting to feel guilty about letting the person go. And mm-hmm. you, I kind of wonder where they got that from, whether it was from conversations with their boss or whether it was more of just like projection potentially. Um, and I think that's a definitely a common uh I think that's a common thing to, to happen on teams in terms of managers not wanting to let people go because they don't, like, it's an awkward situation. Um, but also it's for somebody who's not in a management position and doesn't see the big picture. I think it's a, a common place to jump to as well. So if you go back to sharing what is the process or the criteria that you're making the decision on, then maybe this, uh, this employee who wrote the story would have a better idea of like, okay, this is what's happening. And then be able to be a little bit more clear headed where, they can make their own decisions and not give an ultimatum like Chris was saying, which is not really very productive. Yeah. Well, I have a question for you. Okay. Should the manager be asking the direct report for an opinion at all on this topic? Hmm. Chris, do you have an opinion on this? I think so. 
I think, yeah, I, I think, I think, uh, I think it's not unreasonable. Um, I've definitely had relationships with, with managers and with my own direct reports where um, there, it's definitely a, like a partnership uh, in a lot of ways. And you, you want to, you trust them. You want to be able to bounce ideas off of them um, to get their input. Um, and yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a fair, um, I think it's a fair situation. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that depending once again, depending on how you structure what you're going to do with the feedback, I think it's 100% fair, especially when you're thinking about a contract position where everybody knows that there's a decision to be made. I think it's okay to say like, is this working or not? Yeah. Yeah. I guess what do you think Adam? Well, yeah, I guess going back to what you guys were saying for me, the, uh, the requirement here would just be that as a manager, I would really explain that I want your opinion, but that does not mean that what you say is going to mm-hmm. come to be. Uh, and so I'm just trying to solicit feedback here because I think as a manager, you're probably looking at multiple, you know, angles of the problem. And as an employee that you're, you know, when your manager's asking you about a scenario, you might have one perspective that doesn't have like the big picture. Uh, so there could be more to the story here, but um, I guess long story short is I, I would want to for sure communicate that I want your opinion and that's it. doesn't mean that this is what I'm going to do or yeah. that I'm going to follow through with anything. Um, here, here's another question. What if it wasn't a contractor? Does, first of all, does that question's answer change at all? No, but I think it makes it more complicated when it's not a contractor because, you know, there's certain criteria that you have to fulfill uh, to, you know, let somebody go uh, when, it, when it's like a performance related issue. Um, whereas like a contractor is definitely a little bit more cut and dry. So yeah. I think that like contractor makes it easier to make a decision but you think it's fair for a boss to, to ask an employee, hey, do you think we should uh, let this person go? Well, I don't think that I would phrase, phrase it that way. The phrasing's a little funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but still, like, I mean, I think the, the insinuation is, I don't know, if, if I'm an employee and I'm coming to my, my manager and saying, uh, this person's really problematic for me for X, Y, Z reasons, um, you know, like, I want them to leave. I think the boss would probably check in with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, at some sort of regular cadences to be like, this is, uh, you know, like, this is what I'm thinking of this person's up for renewal. Like, how are you still feeling about this? Or you yeah. know, what are your thoughts? I think there's a, that's kind of a funny detail with all of this too, is that this contractor has been there for a year already. Yeah. Um, that's a pretty good time to be able to get a read on somebody and to, to know if, you know, to make your own assessment of some of those personality issues. And maybe the boss isn't checking in so much to kind of gauge, uh, you know, it's it's more of a test of like what that employee's situation is rather than trying to get their opinion on the, the contractor mm-hmm. and how the employee's feeling. Um, I mean, it, it's entirely possible that the manager doesn't perceive these personality issues on the contractor side mm-hmm. or that doesn't necessarily agree to the magnitude um, uh, of them. And, and maybe even on a uh, kind of a, worst scenario for the the employee who's uh, presenting this is maybe they're not as um, valuable 
to the manager or the firm as they thought they were. Mm-hmm. Um, which is also maybe not a great reason why you'd want to put yourself into an ultimatum because they're going to say, you know, me or this person. And they're gonna be like, well, it's that person, actually. Sorry. Yeah, yeah totally. Well, so, you definitely ask for, I, I, I've got a question, a follow-up question, but it sounds like Adam was I do. No, I do too, though. So what I thought was interesting <laughs> about what you had said uh, briefly before was that, you know, as if, if an employee were to come to a manager and say, okay, I'm having another, I'm having a problem with this, this other employee that works here. Um, the manager would check in with that person over time. But let's say that the employee hadn't serviced that issue. Is it okay for a manager to be like, hey, do you think that this other employee is problematic? I'm thinking about no, letting them go. I don't think that's appropriate. If the, if the employee hasn't brought this up to the manager before, but I don't so- think it's appropriate to bring it up in that way. Again, I think Chris said it before, like it's all about the phrasing. So what if you say like, hey, what do you think about this person? Is that okay? Yeah. Or how is your working relationship with it? But with here's my person? question. In that scenario, why would, you know, why would a manager ever be like, hey, what do you think about this person? Again, Unless you have it's to a phrase bad it. No, you can, you can <laughs> so just be like, I'm checking of... in on their performance. I'm checking in on how they're doing. Right, but that sounds how like a go? bad... But it doesn't have to Especially be. if it's the only person you've ever asked and, about. Yeah, so if it's an employee, I think timing is for sure a thing. Um, you know, I think at a lot of companies, you have kind of like a... Um, performance reviews think of it like it's like like a three month like trial kind of period more to seek you just kind of check in you're like is this working for you is this working for us um how are we feeling about things um and then if you're doing that you might do i mean this like 360 review kind of thing is getting more and more common too with performance reviews where you're given an opportunity to rate your coworkers, right um as well and i think that's also you know gives an opportunity to kind of uh yeah, make make certain cases. Um, okay, so you're. I, I think it very much depends on the situation and the relationship between the manager and the employee. Mm-hmm. And you know that. Yeah, I, I guess I don't see. I, I'm I'm hesitant to call it um, to say it's not ever appropriate to ask that about another employee. Um, I I just think it's very dependent on kind of the relationship. Yeah. Uh, what the team looks like and, and yeah, like your maturity level too. But I think if the person's response is to give an ultimatum rather than provide kind of productive, uh, solutions or ideas, then maybe they're not necessarily a good confidant for this kind of situation. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I think one thing to add to is, I, I think I said this before in previous podcasts, but it depends on your company's culture of feedback as well. So, or your, even your team. So if this manager had a, a um, established habit or process of soliciting 360 feedback from various people of the team and being really open about it, where, you know, they're constantly asking other team members, like, how is it working with Adam, Chris? Like, how is that, how is that going for you? Anything that's coming up, any blockers? Um, then it opens that door to be a little bit more, continuous versus just sort of out of the blue. Sure. And so I think that doing that is actually a really healthy way so that it doesn't feel catty. It doesn't feel like you're doing anything behind your back. Everybody knows it's happening. Yeah. And so, and it's not like it's a, it's, it's not a toxic thing. It's really more of just like a, how can we make sure that we're always working our best together? Yeah. I, yeah. To your point, I think if you like out of the blue say, Oh, what do you think about Bob? Or like only ever ask about Bob. Right. That's yeah, obviously, you know, you're 
that that seems like an unfair situation. Yeah. Um, here's the question. So we hear about the sort of person's uh, difficult personality, uh, and uh, what I want to know is there's no sort of mention of this person's performance in this story. Mm-hmm. What if this person was a top performer? Does that change anyone's answer? Is yeah, it- I, I think so. <laughs> if they're crushing it, but they have like, I mean, I, I, I'm not, uh, I'm sure plenty of people would describe me as having a difficult personality. Like <laughs> I don't expect everyone to like me or to want to get along with me, but like if I'm kind of crushing through my work and I'm doing really well, then, you know, you might see past certain, you know, uh, quirks or, or, or issues, you know, as long as you feel like you're able to kind of keep a hold on them and they're not, you know, affecting other people too much. Yeah. It's an interesting answer, but, and it makes me wonder though, (laughs) if you're a contractor, are there like, we, we, maybe we should have talked about this earlier, but if you're a contractor, are, do you have different expectations with respect to like fitting into a team or company culture in general? Oh, it's actually, I mean, you guys have both been contractors in the past. And also, Chris, I would like to note that I don't consider you to have a difficult personality. Yeah. I think you're one of the nicest people I've ever met. Well, I've, been a, I've, been a, I've been a contractor with a company that I, I previously worked with full time. So That's I don't fair. know if it counts, uh, you know, with the same team. That's fair. But, well, but Chris, you, you were, yeah, Chris, you were doing some it. consulting and contracting work. Did you have a feeling like you needed to fit into teams that you were consulting with? Or were you more there as like a kind of outside resource? It wasn't as like intimate as what this experience sounds like. I mean, the the consulting kind of stuff I was doing was I had my own kind of team with the firm that I was the consulting mm-hmm. firm, and we were all kind of working together. And I had multiple clients. It wasn't like you were working with one client dedicated for right. kind of a year. And and even I don't know, like working in the office. There's a lot of like situations where you're basically a full time employee for all intents and purposes, but um, you know, you're still kind of on a contract base and that could be a personal preference you don't want to have the that definition of being a full-time employee and what those responsibilities and things entail so mm. um, yeah that's fair yeah. so long as we're not talking about like legal laws and someone keeping you as a contractor uh though you are by all definitions a full-time employee so. yeah 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 i and i yeah i think like to chris's point like if you are if you're that like the set the latter part of or the latter half of what you're explaining of um you're on the team. You're just not technically a full-time employee by like the company's definition. I've even been in that position. Um, my first job, I was technically a contractor oh, yeah. for like two years. Yeah. Um, I was paid by a different company and, and everything. And I, I felt like I was part of the team and like, it, you That's know, it never, I never felt like I was a contractor. Hmm. So I think it just depends on, I think it depends on the team you're coming into. And I think it depends on the person. Yeah. Okay, but so is the consensus here that if you're a top performer, it doesn't matter if you fit into the team or not? No, I actually disagree. I think that even if I think that's why teams need to have multiple criteria for like what a top performer means. Like even if you're crushing your numbers and you're coming in or like bringing, you know, like let's say like sales for instance, um, the teams I've worked on, we actually have a stipulation in our um, our comp plans which will say, you know, even if you are like on the top of the dash, if you're doing things that are are unethical or shady, or against their team values, and those are written down and documented and shared, um, then you're not protected. Like, you're not going to be kept around just because you're at the top of the dash. Okay. And I think it's important because, again, going back to team culture, you preserve the culture by saying, like, our, like a good teammate is holistically this big picture mm-hmm. versus just one metric. 
Does that answer your question? Yeah, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's a it's a factor yeah. that is important. But right, like you're not going to excuse all behavior just because someone's a really good performer. Right. Um, I think it is just like an it's an important note, right? Yep. Yeah. Like you need to, you need to take a more holistic view of this person and kind of determining whether or not you want them to to stay or to to go to renew or not. Yep. And I, I know like Adam and I always go back to process, but I'm a big fan of having that, those expectations and um, criteria of what, you know, what the team values are and like what a top performer really means beyond just the numbers shared at the very beginning. So everybody knows. Okay. So clearly the manager in this story could have been doing more. What do you do if you find yourself in a position like this and a simple conversation just isn't doing the trick? Document certain issues that you might be seeing um, and, and, and present it and, and kind of uh, try to be objective and try not to, um, I don't know, try not to just jump to the ultimatum. And make it personal. I think that, Chris, you hit the nail on the head when you said, said objective. I think making things... Um, taking the personal piece out of it and making it more about like specific examples or specific scenarios is always more powerful than saying like, I can't work with this person because at the end of the day, that becomes a you problem. And if the other, if the, the rest of the team, the other coworkers are feeling similarly as the, the writer says, then they should be making the case too. Right, exactly. Yeah. They should either help if this person is sort of their spokesperson and they're not comfortable bringing it up to their manager for whatever reason. And that, that does happen a lot, then they need to be able to provide examples as well. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I will say is you don't want to get in a position where like the team is ganging up on this one person. Yeah. Um, it's all about tone and intent, right? Like if you come at this from like a compassionate, empathetic, collaborative kind of way, then that right. could potentially hopefully be really well received by the manager and you can find a, a way to you know, kind of resolve this. Um, or you can come at it very aggressive and it's, you know, it's all of us versus them and that's not going to be great for anybody. And yeah. Yeah. The only other thing I can think of here is that this person could push the manager to really define the team's values. Like, mm -hmm. like we talked about earlier. Um, I think a lot of, obviously we would like for managers to do this on their own, but sometimes I think, you know, as direct reports, you have to take the initiative to, to start something like this and push your managers to adopt and communicate it. Um, and so I, I think that's an option on the table and, and maybe this other person would see this new document and be, or, you know, communication from the manager about what the values are, what the expectations are and fall in line yeah. if they are outside of it. 